the people in the book of Hebrews that were the writer of the, the writers writing to a group of people and they're on the run. They're a little bit, uh, they're, they, they, they're sharing the gospel and they, they believe the gospel, but now they're on the run. Hebrews was a, Hebrews, uh, theologians believe Hebrews was, was a sermon. And then it was, it was taken and given to uh, these people, or to this church. And so we're not exactly sure who the author of the book of Hebrews is. And uh, some people say it was someone who knew the Apostle Paul because it sounds like the Apostle Paul. And maybe Timothy or maybe Apollos. And some people are like, yo, it's Paul because he wrote the whole book. <laughs> you know, like he's a New Testament guy. And, and uh, so some people believe it was one of those, one of those two guys and, or someone who was really really close to them. But what we find ourselves in this text here today is that they're, they're a lot like you and I. That some, we, a lot of you guys, you came in and you've accepted Christ as your Savior and, and you believe the gospel. But what happens when we go through hard times, sometimes we run away from the gospel instead of running to the gospel. And that's where we find the people in the book of Hebrews. So the first thing we f- see in chapter 1 and chapter 2 is that they go, they start talking about angels. Like, well, the angels, we got to start worshiping angels because the angels are a big deal. Like, God loves angels. He gave us angels to keep a keep protector on us and to keep an eye on us. Oh, we love angels. So they're like, they started, they started putting the angels above they start putting the angels above God, which is a problem because the Bible says there should be no other gods before me. So they start going back and they're like, we're going to worship the angels. And then he gets to, that's chapter 1, chapter 2. Then he gets to chapter 3 and chapter 4. And they're like, okay, cool, we're not going after the angels. Uh, we're going to start We're going to start going after Moses. Like, Mo, we're going to go after, like, we, we're going to start finding some great godly men to lead us. Moses was a great leader. And we want to start, they start talking about Moses. So you know they have some Jewish descent. They're like, oh, Moses was a big deal. Like, Moses this, Moses that, Moses this. And, 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 and the writer says, hey, it's not about Moses. It's about the creator of Moses, and then we go into the next couple chapters, and they say, okay, cool, let's go back to old Melchizedek. Melchizedek, someone said to me last week, I really like that sermon on Melchizedek, and, and I really like the idea that, because I think sometimes I, I can relate, that sometimes I'm looking for someone to go and talk to, and the children of Israel, like, we're going to go back to the to the old, the old system. Let's go back to the high priest, and let's see if the high priest can, can help me fix my problems, and Jesus says, hey, no, there's a better, there's a better high priest. There's a, there's a higher high priest. In that time, the high priest would have went into the temple. We're going to talk about him in just a few moments, but he would have went into the temple, and he would have been the one once a year. He would have, he would have cleansed himself, and he would have got himself right. He would have sacrificed an animal, and he would get his life right, and he would purify himself and get himself right. He would go back out, and he would scrub back in again, just like a nurse would do, and he would scrub himself head to toe, and, and then he would take another animal, and he'd go back into the, to the, back into the temple again, and he would do a, um, a sacrifice for all the people. And he'd go back out again and he would clean himself back up again. And it's like, man, we, just, we need a new high priest. And he's like, no, I don't, I don't think that's, that's not what you guys need. You, I, I, am your, I am your high priest. If you're honest in here today, a lot of you guys in here today, you've accepted Christ as your Savior. And then you started, you started working. You started, you started working. My dad's here today on the front row. He owns landscaping company. And so one of the things that he taught me early on was how to use a shovel. He taught me how to use a shovel. Now, this shovel... I don't, one of my kids started eating this shovel. I don't really know what happened, but I started, he taught me how to, he taught me how to use a shovel so much the other day that I was out and uh, there was a little animal dead out in the side of the, uh, out in the side yard and my kid's like, dad, there's a dead animal. I don't remember exactly what it was, but I took my shovel and not this one. I got a heavier shovel, a spade shovel. And I went in and I, and I stuck the shovel in the ground and I propped the grass up a little bit and I dug up a little bit and I put the little animal in there and I covered it back up and I, I did such a good job that my cable quit working. You know what I'm saying? That's just the life I that's life I live. But a lot of times these guys are like, okay, cool, we're going to go back to, we want to go back to works. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8 and 9 says, you're saved by grace through faith, not of works, lest any man should both. But if you're honest in here today, a lot of us in here today, we like to go back to working. Like we want to, we want to start giving and we're going to start serving. All those are good things, but we just start digging in or I'm going to start, I'm going to go on a mission trip and we start digging in or I'm going to, I'm going to sponsor a child. And I'm going to, I'm going to dig in and I'm not doing the right things, but I'm going to, I'm going to dig in. I'm going to start working a little bit harder. And if you're honest in your today, you just think sometimes I'll just take it into my own hands. 
I know some very, very, very capable people in here today. Some of you guys are very, very, very capable. And you like to, for your salvation, you like to, you like to just dig in a little bit. And like, I got this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work it out. I'm, I, don't, I don't need God to make a miracle because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work for it. I don't need God to show me a way because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dig a way through the, through the way. And I'm going to make sure that I get it there. I, I got this all on my own. And if we're not honest, we'll get to the place in our life where we're like these people. And we're like, hey, I got a better system. And I want to let you know today that you're not a good system. <laughs> you're not. That was funny to me. Like, you're just not a good, I'm not a good system. It was raining out yesterday, and I thought to myself on the way back from Atlanta, like, I'll go faster because the cops are not going to want to get out in the rain. <laughs> I'm just like, it's not a good system. You know what I'm saying? I got a few amens from the people that totally get me. Like, I just, I like to, I'll, I'll, I'll figure it, I'll figure it out. And you, you would think, my, my, I got in the car and, my wife's like, man, you're, do, you're doing a good job. You're making really, really good time. I'm like, that's because I'm going faster. I think sometimes in Christian life, we just, we'll just go faster and we'll just dig in. We'll dig in a little deeper. I wrote down a couple things that might would help you today is that you can't earn the gospel with good behavior. You can't earn the gospel. You can't earn the gospel with good behavior. I think sometimes we think, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have good behavior. I'll just, I'll good behavior my way through the gospel. I'll good, I'll good, way, I'll good behavior myself all the way up to all the way up to heaven, but if you've ever tried to have good behavior for a long period of time, you realize <laughs> it's not, you don't do that good with it. You're like, you, you'll run a pretty good streak, you know what I'm saying? Like, you'll do good for a day or two. Like, I, I was talking to one of my friends, she's like, ah, man, I just really cool. Like, are you going to order some more of those Hope, those hope uh, magnets? I said, yeah, 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 I'm going to order some more, I'm going to order some more. She's like, I was just cool because I think some people need to put those on their car. I said, why? She's like, well, I think it'll help me. I'm like, why? She's like, if I put it on me, I won't cut, up, cut people off as much. I won't cuss people out as much. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you're honest in here, you made that. I'm going to quit. Some of you guys are like, I'll never put. That's why people don't put those on there? Yeah. If you're a bad driver, you, you cuss and scream at people while you're driving, don't put, that, don't put that stick on there. Put a different church on there. You know what I'm saying? I'll go get you a couple. You name a church, I'll go get it for you. <laughs> Send our youth ministry after it. But I just... I think sometimes if we're honest in here today, we get to the place in our life, we're like, well, I'm just going to good behavior. I'm going to good behavior myself to it. And, and then you're like, well, uh, maybe this isn't, maybe that's not you. I'm not going to try to good behavior. Maybe some of you guys in here today, like, I want you to know this. Like, you can't work hard enough for the gospel. You can't work hard enough for the gospel. Like, there's, you can work all day long, but it won't. It won't work. I, I, I wrote down this in my notes. It didn't make the cut on the screen today, but the work won't work. It didn't make a lot of sense to me, so I just figured it might make sense to you. But, but the work, it won't work. The work won't work. I don't care how hard of a worker you are. I don't care how many good things. I've been all around the world helping people, and we've shared the gospel with a lot of people, and we've given away a lot of people. We've given away a lot of people, and, and we've helped start church, and we've done a lot of incredible things. But the good work isn't going to help us get the gospel. So I want to read to you, over you today, Hebrews chapter 9. And i got to get 27 verses, and after that, we're going to, after I read these verses, we're going to take communion together today. And so let me get started. Hebrews chapter 9, that first covenant between God and Israel, <clears throat> it had regulations for worship and a place of worship here on earth. There were two rooms in the tabernacle. In the first room, there was a lampstand, a table, and a sacred loaves on the, of, of bread of the ta- sacred loaves of bread on the table. This room was called the holy place. Then there was a curtain, and behind the curtain was a second room. It was called the most holy place. In that room, there were a gold, there, there were there were a gold incense altar and a wooden chest called the Ark of the Covenant, which is covered with gold on all sides. Inside the Ark, there was a, inside the Ark, there, inside the Ark were a gold jar containing manna, Aaron's staff that, that sprouted the leaves, 
and the stone tablets of the covenant. Verse 5, above the ark there were cherubim of divine glory whose rings stretch out over the ark's stretched out over the ark's cover, the place of atonement, but we cannot explain these things in detail right now. Verse 6, when these things were, were all in place, the priests regularly entered into the first room as they were performing their religious duties, but only the high priest ever entered the most holy place, only once a year. And he always offered blood for his own sins and then for the sins of the people that had committed in ignorance. By these regulations, the Holy Spirit revealed that the entrance to the most holy place was not freely open as long as the, the tabernacle and the system it represented were still in use. These guys were saying, we want to go back to the old system, and you can't access God in the old system. Only one person could access God in the old system. And he, verse 9 says, this is an illustration pointing to the present time for the gifts and sacrifices that the priests offered are not able to cleanse the conscience of the people who bring them. For that old system deals only with food and drink and various cleansing ceremonies, physical regulations that were in effect only until a better system could be established. I want to let you know today that he says to them that the old system was a temporary system until a new system was set in place. They want to go back to the old system because yeah, we're the old system, it didn't work, guys. Only one person could access God in the old system. You couldn't. There, it's not going to work. You, you won't like it. And he goes, hey, some of you guys here today, you're, you're dealing with guilt and shame. And that's what these people are dealing with, guilt and shame. And he goes, hey, sacrifice the animal is not going to get rid of your guilt and shame. Only a person can do that. Only a God who loves you can get rid of the guilt and shame. I meet so many people, and their best friends are guilt and shame. So many people, they're, they're just guilt and shame. Everywhere they go, they just bring their best friends guilt and shame. I want to encourage you in here today that guilt and shame, they don't come from God, that comes from the enemy. That comes from the enemy because the Bible, the Bible that I read, the Bible says that God's come to give you an abundant life. He says here in verse 11, so Christ has now become the high priest over all the good things that have come. He has entered that greater, more perfect tabernacle in heaven, which was not made by human hands and is not part of this created world. With his own blood, not the blood of goats and cows, he entered the most, most holy place once and for all and secured our redemption forever. Once and for all. My notes, I wrote down, the, I circled the words once and for all and our redemption forever. You were redeemed forever, my friend. If you weren't redeemed forever, then Jesus would have to go back to the cross over and over and over and over and over and over again. But Jesus went to the cross once and it was for all, once and for all. He secured our redemption. He redeemed you. He, he took the he took you out of the out of the out of you, you deserve to be in jail, but he, he came and he unlocked the doors and slid it open and he took you out of there. And when you came out of there, some of you guys say you brought your guilt and shame, and I want to encourage you to go back and put the guilt and shame in the in the in the cage. Go back and put the guilt and shame back in the prison, but you'd go out and walk live and walk and move the life that God's called you to go out and live and move. So he says that under under the old system, the blood of goats and bulls and and the ashes of a young cow could cleanse people's bodies from ceremonial impurity. Just think how much more the blood of Christ will purify our conscience from sinful deeds. Some of you guys say you walked in here with a heavy conscience. I want to encourage you to say that Jesus' blood wants to cover. He wants to cover your, your conscience. He wants to purify your conscience so that we can worship the living God. For by the power of the eternal spirit, Christ offered himself to God as the perfect sacrifice for our sins. Perfect means perfect, by the way. Verse 15, that is why he is the one who mediates a new covenant between God and the people. So that all who are called can receive the internal inheritance that God has promised them. For Christ died to set them free from the penalty of sin, so that uh, the penalty of sins that they have committed under the first covenant. Jesus came and he paid the penalty. 
he paid the penalty, verse 16, or yesterday we were at, the, at this theme park. I don't know if they call it a theme park, but it was Stone Mountain um, <clears throat> in Georgia. And they have a little theme park there. And as we were at the theme park, there was a vacation club rental there. You know the ones. And they get you and say, hey, come spin the wheel. Win a free prize. Win a free prize. Free vacation. Free candy. So my son's like, Dad, can I spin that wheel? I'm like, Lord, no. I don't want you to spin the wheel because I don't want to tell this guy that I don't want his free vacation. That's not free. I don't want to tell him that. I'm on vacation. I don't want to have to, I don't want to, have to defeat the salesman. You know, like, I'm one of the best salesmen that I know. I don't want to defeat this guy. You know, like, so trip one's over and it, what, do you, what do you know? He got a, it's a spinner's choice. Spinner's choice. Awesome. What would you like, Trip? What would you like, Mr. John? <laughs> Trip's like, I want that free vacation. I'm like, I do too, son. We've been telling you this whole week that this trip, this trip that we're on right now, it doesn't, it ain't free. And so Hope goes, can they really give you a free vacation? So they know they want you to think that. They want you to pay taxes and da 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 I looked at my kids, I said, I want to let you know there is not, there's only one thing in this world that's free, and that's salvation. It costs Jesus everything, but it's free to you, and it's free to me. Um, <clears throat> verse 16, let's go to verse 16, because that's which one we're on. And now when someone leaves a will, it is necessary to prove that the person who made it is dead. <laughs> Not with Jesus. The will goes into effect only after the person's death. While the person who made it is still alive, the will cannot be put into effect. Verse 18, that is why even the first covenant was put into effect with blood of an animal. Verse 19, after, for after Moses had reached, reached, uh, had reached each of God's commandments, I read, I'm sorry, he, after he read each of God's commandments to all the people, he took the blood of cows and goats along with water and he sprinkled the, sprinkled both the book of God's law and all the people using hyssop branches and scarlet wool. He, he started splashing the blood on the people, and then he said, "This blood can this blood confirms the covenant God has made with you." And in the same way, he sprinkled the blood on the tabernacle on everything he used for worship. In fact, according to the law of Moses, nearly everything was purified with blood. For without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. Or if you're a King James version, without the blood, without shedding of blood, there is no remission. There is no remission of sin. Verse 23, that is why the tabernacle and everything in it, which were copies of things in heaven, had to be purified by the blood of animals. But the real things in heaven had to be purified with far better sacrifices than the blood of animals. Verse 24, for Christ did not enter into a holy place made with human hands, which was only a copy of the true one in heaven. He entered into heaven itself to appear now before God on our behalf. That's why he went there. God went to heaven for you. His holiness gives us access to heaven. His holiness, not your holiness, not my holiness. His holiness gives us access to heaven. Verse 25, and, and he did not enter heaven to offer himself again and again like the high priest here on the earth who enters the most holy, the most high, the most holy place year after year with the blood of, an, of the animal. If that had been necessary, Christ would have had to die again and again ever since the world began. But now, once for a lifetime, he has appeared at the end of the age to remove sin, to remove sin by his own death as a sacrifice. And just as each person is destined to die once, I love Hebrews chapter 9, verse 27. The Bible said, it is, in the King James said, it is appointed for man to die once. And then the very end, there's judgment. We're going to die once. We're going to only die once. So if you're in here today and you're trying to figure out if you believe whether or not reincarnation is real or not, Hebrews chapter 9, verse 27, we're going to die once. 
and then we're judged. And then eternity begins. Then eternity begins. Also, so also, just like we die once, Christ died once for all time as a sacrifice to take away the sins of many people. He will come again, not to deal with our sins, but to bring salvation to all who are eagerly awaiting him. I want to encourage you today that what, what the writer is telling him is this, that the symbols, they only point to the Savior. The high, there's, there's coming another high priest. His name is Jesus. Well, there's, there's a lamp in there. But the Bible says that Jesus is the new lamp. He's the light unto our feet. The Bible says that he is light. I've, I've come to give you light, and he is, he is life. Well, there was some bread in there, Wes. There was, some, there was a table set up on the outer place. There was bread there. Hey, guess what, church? There's new bread. It's called the bread of life. It came through the blood of Jesus. It came through the body of Jesus. There's, there's a new kind of bread. Here's the good news for you and I today. Is the Bible says that God wants to bring the bread to you every single day. Every single day he wants to bring the bread to you. All you have to do is eat it. There's a lamb stand in there. There's a a bread in there. There's a a mercy seat in there. Well, guess what? (laughs) There's a father in heaven. And because he sent his son, that there's new mercies for you every single day that we don't have to rely on a mercy seat. We get mercies that are every single day. The symbols were just pointing to a savior. The old system was temporary. The new system, it is permanent. It's permanent, my friend. So my question for you today is, do you want to go with the old system or the new system? Do you want to go with the blood of Jesus? Or do you want to, do you want to start trying to do, you want to keep trying to be good? It's exhausting. Every time I keep trying to be good, I run out of being goodness. Is that a thing? Like I run out of being good. I mean, six hours in a car with kids, <laughs> you run out of patience. Your voice raises like a Sunday morning sermon. Like, you're just like, what is your problem? Can you chill out? The symbol only points us to the Savior. Do you, do you want a shovel or do you want a Savior? I don't know about you, but I, 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 I prefer a Savior today. I'll take a Savior. For free, yeah, I'll take a... You, you, if you, go, you have to buy a shovel today if you want to go buy a shovel or you can... You can steal this out of one of the church trucks today after we're, service is over. But do you want a shovel or do you want a savior? I don't know about you, Dave, but I want a savior once and for all. New mercies every day. The bread of life. When it's dark and we live in a dark world, there's a lampstand. His name is Jesus. All the Old Testament symbols, they were just pointing to a New Testament savior. And in there, there, was a, there wasn't a shovel to dig with. There wasn't point to a work system to keep on working. For by grace you're saved through faith, not of works, lest any man should boast. But the reality is of this is that Jesus tells us that in the very next verse that he's prepared to work for us to go out and do. So the things like the giving and the serving and the building and the helping and the, and the, the, the court, the knowing God and the finding freedom, discovering purpose and making a difference and all the things that come with it that we talk about in our mission, our vision and, and making it hard for people like it's the, the, the trunk or treats, all those things, they go from a place of, of, of work and they move from work to, to worship. It becomes our worship. It becomes our, it becomes your and I, our worship. Do you want to have a written this question? Is it you want to go with your effort or God's holiness? Well, Wes, I'm a, I'm a really good worker, Wes. You've not, 
Wes, you're holding that shovel wrong. Like, I'm a really good worker. Like, I do, like, I'm, I, Wes, I serve all the, I serve on all the rotations of the dream team. I do all the things. <laughs> Wes, I'm giving. Like, I'm not even giving 10%, Wes. That's, that's for, that's for brand new Christians. Wait a minute, that's not for brand new Christians. That's for seasoned Christians. I'm giving 15%. I'm just gonna, you, it's, is it, is it work or worship? You get to make the choice. Is it, is it setting up pipe and drape on Saturday or is it worship? Is it inviting your is it is it is it inviting your friends? Is that is that work or is that is that is that worship? Is loving people is that work? You're like, yeah, it is. Okay, is it work or is it worship? Which where, where are you coming from? Because the Bible says that we're looking on the outside, man. That guy, he's killing it. He's killing it. He did a really good job. Heart for the house offering coming up, man. He killed it last year. Like he's doing a really good job. Well, I man, look, I'm doing a really good job. And Jesus is saying, I'm not looking at the outside. I'm looking at your heart. I wouldn't go with the audience this audience. I wouldn't try to prove this audience or try to impress this audience. I would try to impress that audience. The Savior of the world, the, the new system, the new covenant, not the old covenant. I wrote this down and you, you got it, but is it the holiness of God? It's the holiness of God that gets us into heaven. So today you get to make a choice. <laughs> Do you want to go with the work system or do you want to go with the worship system? Do you want to walk around looking for the, the tabernacle and the Old Testament and all the old system? Or do you want to trade it out for the, for the new system? Well, the new system looks kind of small, Wes. Like, that system's small. Like, we, bigger's better, right? Don't we like that? We love bigger, don't we? We like nicer. This looks like, people are going to be able to see me if I have this. But be, I don't know if people are gonna, anybody's going to see me. If I have this, like, no one can see me that much, Wes. I mean, I don't really know, I don't really know if I really want that. Well, the Bible says that Jesus is always with you and he always sees you. And where you go, he will go. Everywhere he's at, everywhere you're at, he's right there with you. What if I don't have my shovel in my hand? You don't need to have your shovel in your hand with Jesus because he's already done all, Jesus already done all the work. He's already done all the work for you and I.